Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back, everybody. It is Tobin and Leroy here with Jan the Ticket. We're going to talk to WBO middleweight champion Demetrius Andrade next hour. He is going to fight in Luke Keeler Super Bowl week down here. He is headlining the Zones card. They're building a, a facility for people to go watch boxing. It's going to be a cool week, man. Super Bowl week. Everyone's going to be down here. Ryan Tannehill probably going to be down here wearing assless chaps, telling everybody to kiss his ass. And I mean, honestly, he deserves it. He deserves it. We shouldn't be offended if he does decide to come here assless chaps. So let's go out to the Toyota of Hollywood guest line. Shop over 1,500 Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. And then we'll find our guy, Adam Beasley from the Miami Herald. Bees, good morning. How great would it be if Tannehill took a heel turn? Because it yep. is so not in his nature to talk any trash at all. If he came down here with a swagger, it would be spectacular. Bees, two words. Assless chaps. Yeah, I mean, I've got three or four pairs in my closet. Let's not talk about that. <laughs> uh, what has been? What? Are, what has your been? Your reaction been to watching him this postseason? I know that he has had Derrick Henry behind him, who's been an absolute monster. But look, man, he's a win away from the Super Bowl, and and he is still executed well for for the Titans. So, how have you experienced uh, what Tannehill's been doing? There are two sides of this coin, Tobin, and the one side is as you as a Jaguars fan, Blake Bortles was in that same exact spot that Ryan Tannehill is now. So I think maybe pump the brakes on crowning him completely. Uh, He has a great team around him. He's got a great system. Look, this is the perfect situation for Ryan Tannehill, and it's the offense they should have built in Miami. Philbin and Gase were so pass-happy, they didn't understand that that wasn't going to work with a guy who had some limitations. But what he did well, he did really, really well. And that's play action, bootleg, throwing the deep ball. And, yes, I know he struggled earlier in his career going deep, but under Gase, he was one of the more accurate deep ball passers in the league, and that's what the Titans are asking him to do. So when, when he's in that controlled setting, and it is a controlled setting, he's getting great protection. Uh, they're playing mostly with leads. He's not asking his team to rally. He's not, his team's not asking him to rally. But he did. I mean, they beat the Chiefs because he brought them the whole way back, and that was awesome. So he can do that as well. But I'm saying, by and large, if you, if you ask him to do these three things and that he does well, he's going to put you in a position to win. And, and that's great. Uh, it is kind of bittersweet that, that that formula was never figured out here in Miami, that they kept trying to uh, fit a square peg into a round hole. Uh, but there was never any doubt that he could throw the football, that he was an athletic guy, that, that, that he had some ability. Um, he was just a fish out of water here in Miami, no pun intended. Well, what do you make of, uh, speaking of the deep ball, his his former teammate Mike Wallace <laughs> tweeting uh. at him during the game where he's like, it wasn't you, bro. The environment was toxic. Uh, even uh, though I, ass, I, 
believe. Toxic he, ass environment. Toxic, toxic ass environment. And then, and then a couple tweets later, he goes, yeah, but he couldn't get the default. So he goes, yeah, sometimes things change. He goes, these are facts. Sometimes things change. <laughs> you know, and also, he also said, yeah, he, he wasn't good with me, but I guess he, still, he wasn't bad. <laughs> I mean, like, um, oh, you mean but, improve as a professional? Huh, that's an interesting thought. It's just, well, I mean, uh, <laughs> the cynic in you thinks, man, they spent seven years developing this guy only for him to flourish under somebody else. And certainly a lot of the, the battle scars and the lessons he learned here in Miami, he's applied in Tennessee. Uh, I'll ask you guys this, because we, we kind of joked about it earlier in the season, but it was joking because it was stopping us from laughing. If the Dolphins hadn't have blown it up this past year, they would have been a playoff contender. They may have been a playoff team. Do you think that they could have put together what the Titans have put together and, and, and made a run with Ryan Tannehill? No. Here's why. Because if you look at all the playoff teams, the one thing they all have in common is they, for the most part, committed to the run. Mm-hmm. And at no point in time did the Dolphins ever have anybody in place that would well, commit. I think your friend Brennan Tobin would disagree. 2016, they had a certain running back. Uh, okay, but, okay but, but yeah, that was by accident. It, right. It, well, that's that's that that's that that's the truth of it, though. Like, I, I don't I I don't want to like dance on Adam Gase's grave because I mean I feel like everybody's on my bandwagon now on that one. But he didn't want to play like that. That's, right. That's the, he wanted his own identity, and he wanted to instead of going with the personnel that got him there, he'd rather do it his way. He'd rather, and so I don't think I don't think he would have continued to succeed here. Um, but you know, it's <laughs> I mean, it's just all too poetic. You're watching what he's doing, and and. He's he's now the toast of their town. It's it's pretty crazy. It's it's. What, what do you what do you think the reaction will be? And you're on the air four hours a day. If they win on Sunday, everybody's going to all of a sudden say they're happy for Tannehill. Well, that's the thing. I've been I've been kind of marveling at how much people have felt good. I guess that just speaks to he was a good guy and people mm-hmm. feel good for him. But I mean, you know, people were people. I mean, this entire year has been because they want to find somebody who's better than him. That's what all of this has been for. And now that you're seeing it slapped right in your face that, well, oh, he he won in Foxborough. That's all I've been looking for is a quarterback to go win in Foxborough. He's now a win away from getting to the Super Bowl. So everything that you kind of worked for this year, you didn't need to do if you would have just done it better (laughs) or done it right, it seems. You know? Yeah, no, no, I I agree. Um, I think there's one part of this, one aspect of this equation that we haven't discussed, and that's the Titans are paying him $3 million this year. Mm -hmm. The the Dolphins were on a $26 million cap number for Ryan Tannehill if he would have played this year. So he is the best value in professional sports at $3 million for the Tennessee Titans. He would have been a terrible value for the Dolphins. So from a purely strictly economic standpoint, yeah, the Dolphins are smart to move on. It's just terrible timing, and Steve Ross has got to be apoplectic right now. I mean, he's got to be – if this, the stadium that he spent a billion dollars making it look amazing, if the quarterback he gave up on after seven seasons comes down and wins a Super Bowl in that building – Oh, that would be so funny. Oh, my God. It, it, the, it, it, can't, it, it can't feel good. It really the, can't. the other thing is is that Adam, I've said this, you know, and you've heard me say this a lot. They put all this on Ryan Tannehill not being able to do this and do that and do this – while never ever really commenting on the defense being the worst in the league since he's been here, since while he was here. Right. Well, and, and again, and I think part of the equation is this. Uh, he was eating up a big part of that cap number, and Dominican Sue was eating up the rest. So they didn't have the resources to do what the Titans have done, which is build a complete team. Right. And when you have your – because he's essentially on a, on a rookie deal right now for the mm-hmm. Titans. 
the Dolphins paid him five million dollars, and the Titans are paying him like two and a half. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's like he's Josh Rosen right now, essentially. That's the contract he's on for the Titans. Uh, you can build a championship-level team around a quarterback in his rookie contract a lot easier than you can a guy who's making $18, $19, 20000000 million a year, which, which Tannehill was doing here. So there are so many levels to this. Did, did, did Mike Tannenbaum screw up by, by keep kicking the can down the road with Tannehill's contract and Sue's contract? So they had these massive cap numbers that they had to say goodbye to decent to pretty good to really good players in the, in, in the case of Sue because they just couldn't afford them anymore? Yes, there, there's something to be said about that. But each, each of those times he did that, Tannenbaum did that thinking, man, we have a chance to, to build a contender. We need to open up a little bit more space so we can get Robert Quinn or Mario Williams or insert you know, high-priced free agent defensive lineman here. And each time they picked the wrong player to add to the equation, and it didn't work. All right, well, they have a big decision, obviously, coming up. Uh, what did you make of the news yesterday from Tua's agent that he is uh, reportedly going to be healthy and ready to throw for teams in April and – uh, how is it, how did the Dolphins take this news? Is this going to put more competition for them coming up in in the draft? What did you make of all that yesterday? Yeah, I mean we're we're what January fifteenth, fourteenth, whatever whatever that is. We're, we're three months off probably still from seeing to a throw, and there are so many hurdles that have to be crossed between now and then. The biggest one is the combine. He's not going to throw or run there. He won't be ready yet. But what he will do is probably even more important, which is go through the medical and, and, and meet with all the doctors and, and, and get his body examined from head to toe. And that's when you won't hear from his doctors, you won't hear from his agent, you'll hear from impartial doctors, people that are going to tell teams the truth about his, his health. And if he gets through that with all thumbs up, and, and again, that's not a certainty yet, but if he does and his body gets to the point in, in April that he can, he can have his own private pro day, which it sounds like what the plan's going to be, and he gets through that like he, he, like he looks like he always did, he's going to be a top-five pick. He is. It's going to be either the Miami Dolphins or someone's going to trade in front of him to pick him because, the, yes, there is concern long-term about him, him staying healthy. Is he, is he fragile? Is he made of glass? Is he going to break down every season? Those concerns remain. But if the hip is structurally sound and he's able to run and play on it and he's the same quarterback he was in September, a team is going to take that risk. A team is going to say, you know what, if there is a 70% chance that he gets through the next five seasons and plays 85 to 90% of the games and there's a 30% chance he's out of the league in two and a half, three years, I'm going to take that 70% chance because we think he is a generational talent, because we think he was going to be the number one pick easily in the draft. And even with what Joe Burrow has done, a lot of people, a lot of scouts say he's still too is a better pro prospect, even than Joe Burrow, who, who had maybe the best college football season in, in history this past year. Um, a team is going to take that risk. And the more I think about it, I think that team is going to be the Miami Dolphins. There's no way, especially if Ryan Tannehill wins the Super Bowl, they blew up this entire team for the idea of getting a quarterback and a healthy dude is there at five that you think can be a generational talent. They're going to take him. He's going to be their quarterback in 2020 and beyond. So, so Adam, if I have two questions. One, if everybody thinks so highly of him, why wouldn't Cincinnati take him one? Because there is that health concern. Well, I'm saying if there's not. If, I'm, I'm, I'm saying all the things that you said have to be clear for the Dolphins to take him at five, then why wouldn't Cincinnati take him at one? Because there's still uncertainty. There's still risk that the right. guy who had, he's had three surgeries in two years now. Now, I if mean, – 
if if you had the same same scenario, right? Um, under no circumstance are you trading any picks to move up, correct? The Dolphins? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I think they would consider it. Look, the, the, the pivot point is is the Lions. And I, I think Isaiah Simmons is the name to keep in mind because we all think that Burrow's going to go one and, and Chase Young is going to go two. Now, Isaiah Simmons, we saw on Monday, even though in a losing effort, he is a versatile, really good player that can play about 50 different positions. And guess what? Matt Patricia values those players just like – Brian Flores values that those players. And you know what? So does Patrick Graham, whose team will be sitting there at four making a pick as well. So I think each of those three teams would love to get their hands on Isaiah Simmons. If, if the Lions feel like trading back to five or even six to the Chargers, they get more in return than, than Simmons would provide to their team, they'll do it. If not, they'll take the player. And then the, the Giants have a huge decision to make. Would, would they consider trading down a spot and getting the player they'd, they'd get anyway at four because the Dolphins would trade up for – for Tua, or do the Chargers offer them more? I think I, I think there's a very high level of certainty that Tua will either be a, a member of the Dolphins and the Chargers in, in 2020. And the question is, which of those teams above those two teams has enough offered to them to move back to pass on a player they might otherwise take? So, yeah, I, I think there's a real possibility, Leroy, the Dolphins are going to have to move up, even if it's just a spot, even if it's just from five to four, because the Giants then would be getting the player they wanted at four at five, and they'd be getting more assets for it. I, I think that's that's the scenario, either three or four. There's no way that, 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 that the Redskins are going to pass on Chase Young. They're going to take him. That's who the pick is going to be at two, uh, unless something crazy happens in Washington. So three and four, those are the pivot points. Uh, the Dolphins might get lucky, and Tua falls the whole way to five, and they don't have to give up anything. But I think they're going to make calls to Detroit and to New York to see what it's going to take to move up a spot or two. Thanks for the time, Bees. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Bees. All right. Senior Bowl next week. You want to talk again? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, we we got to know what's going on in Alabama. All right. Give me a Yeah, call. Herbert's there. Herbert's going to be there. Herbert. <laughs> yeah. Flirting with Herbert. <laughs> Later. See you, Bees. That's Adam Beasley. We will, uh, we will check in with him next week at a Senior Bowl update. We'll be back with more. Give you a chance to win $1,000 coming up in about eight minutes' time. Stay tuned. Give you your next code word. Be back right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.